This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Campground, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. Last Sunday, we centered our thoughts on that grand old man of the Old Testament, Elijah, the discouraged prophet. Today, we shall look at the life of another prophet, Elijah's successor, Elisha, whom we shall call the prophet of the still, small voice. Those who were here last Sunday may remember that Elijah came upon the stage of Israel's history like a crash of thunder as he proved on Mount Carmel that God was the one true God. What a dramatic scene it was as he taunted those 450 prophets of Baal, teasing them and making fun of the fact that their idol God was totally ineffective to bring down fire on the altar of sacrifice. It would not be an exaggeration, I think, to to say that Elijah was a man of thunder, lightning, fire, and whirlwind. In fact, the Bible says that Elijah disappeared from the scene in a whirlwind. 2 Kings, the second chapter, the first verse. There was a time, though, that Elijah felt that he was the only person left on earth who was following God's will. It was immediately after this feeling of discouragement and depression and gloom that God spoke to him, telling him that there were actually many others, 7,000 to be exact, who had not bowed the knee to Baal. It's quite interesting the way God chose to reveal this to Elijah. The record of what God said is our text for today. 1 Kings 19, verse 11 and 12. I'll read that passage in a few minutes. It was said of Jesus when he lived on earth that some people thought he was John the Baptist come back to life, or Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Some also thought that he was Elijah, In reality, though, there was one prophet who was more like Christ than Elijah was. This was his successor, Elisha. Elijah was more like the forerunner of Jesus, the one we call John the Baptist, or more correctly, John the Baptizer. First, they both wore the same kind of clothes. Elijah was a hairy man, wore a girdle of leather. John wore a uh, was clothed with camel's hair. He wore a girdle of an animal skin. Uh, both Elijah and John the Baptist were schooled in the desert. Both gradu- one, one preacher said both graduated from the University of the Desert with a degree of MS, Master of Solitude. A third uh, observation, both Elijah and John proclaimed a message of judgment and denunciation. Another thing, both of these men had great courage. You know, Elijah stood up before Ahab and those 450 Baal prophets. John stood up before King Herod. Uh, Another observation, both Elijah and John were pursued by a wicked woman. You remember Elijah ran from Jezebel who threatened to kill him for his killing her 450 prophets of Baal. John, in the New Testament, had to reckon with Herodias. And if you remember the story, John eventually lost his head in the process, literally. 
another observation. Both of these men had a temporary lapse in their faith. Elijah, Elijah had his juniper tree experience where he felt that he was the only one God had left. John was in Herod's prison from where he sent a message to Jesus. Uh, Matthew 11, verses 2 and 3. Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Art thou he who should come, or look we for another? John said, Are you the one? Maybe we need to look somewhere else for a Messiah. Now, in the same manner in which we compare Elijah and John the baptizer, likewise Elisha can be compared with Jesus. Now, this is careful. This is not to say that Elisha was the same as Jesus. I'm simply saying their ministries were similar. When Elisha was called, he was busy plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. Elijah came to where he was and cast his mantle, his cloak, on Elisha, which was a sign that signified Elisha was to be his successor. You can read all about this in 2 Kings chapter 2. Elisha was a man who was devoted to his family, and he first went to kiss his father to bid him farewell when he was anointed as the successor. And after he had returned from doing this, Elisha sacrificed the oxen and the instruments as a token of complete devotion to the call he had received from Elijah and from the Lord. Jesus, likewise, dearly loved his mother and his earthly father, Joseph, but he once told them that he must be about his father's business. There are a lot of miracles attributed to Elisha during his lifetime. Just like the miracles of Jesus, most of Elisha's miracles were deeds of mercy and kindness. In 2 Kings chapter 2, we begin reading about these miracles of Elisha. One is about the widow's oil that increased. Let me tell you this story. One day the wife of a man from the guild of prophets called out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. You know what a good man he was, devoted to God. And now the man to whom he was in debt is on his way to collect by taking my two children as slaves. Elisha said to this widow, I wonder how I can be of help. Tell me, what do you have in your house? Nothing, she said. Well, I do have a little oil. Here's what you do, said Elisha. Go up and down the street and borrow jugs and bowls from all your neighbors. And not just a few. Get all you can get. And then come home and lock the door behind you, you and your sons. Pour oil into each container. When each is full, set it aside. So she did what he said. She locked the door behind her and her sons. They brought the containers to her and she filled them. When all the jugs and bowls were full, she said to one of her sons, Another jug, please. He said, Mama, that's it. There are no more jugs. Then the oil stopped. She went and told the story to the man of God. He said, Go sell the oil and make good on your debts. Live, both you and your sons, on what's left. Another Fascinating story is the, the raising of 
from the dead of the Shunammite's son. Here again, you can read this in 2 Kings chapter 4. I'm not going to take time to read that right now for the sake of, of time. Uh, here's another fascinating story from Elisha, 2 Kings chapter 6. Let me read this briefly. One day the guild of prophets came to Elisha and said, you can see that this place where we're living under your leadership is getting cramped. We have no elbow room. Give us permission to go down to the Jordan where each of us will get a log. We'll build a roomier place. Elisha said, go ahead. One of them said, please come along with us. Elisha said, certainly. So he went with them. They came to the Jordan River and started chopping down trees. As one of them was felling a timber, his axe head flew off and sank in the river. Oh, master, no, he cried out. It was borrowed. The holy man, Elisha, said, where did it sink? The man showed him the place in the river. Elisha cut off a branch and tossed it at the spot. That axe head floated up. Grab it, he said. The man reached out and took it. Another miracle from Elisha is found in 2 Kings chapter 5. This is the healing of Naaman's leprosy. Again, for the sake of time, I'm not going to go into that, but read it. It's a fascinating story. 2 Kings 5. There are many other fascinating, interesting stories from the Bible about this prophet Elisha as there are about all Old Testament prophets, colorful people they were. We can't take the time this morning now to recount all those stories. You may be willing to take time on your own to read more from Second Kings. So before I conclude, let me draw only two brief observations from the life of Elisha. First, the way God speaks. Last Sunday when we looked at Elijah's experience with God, after he had defeated the prophets of Baal and had sunk into his deep depression. There's a very interesting passage of scripture in 1 Kings 19 that we didn't examine in detail, but is very significant. God told Elijah to go and stand on the mountain at attention before God. God will pass by. Then a hurricane wind ripped through the mountains and shattered the rocks but God was not to be found in the wind. After the wind came an earthquake, but God was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but God was not in the fire. And then after the fire came a gentle, a quiet whisper. The King James says, a still, small voice. This is the way God chose to speak to Elijah. Remember what Jesus said to Nicodemus about being born again? Jesus illustrated what he meant by referring to the wind. You know, the wind does not always blow the same, same way. Sometimes it blows with hurricane force. We who live in this part of the nation know something about the power of a hurricane. Sometimes God's Holy Spirit uses a hurricane-like event to shake us up and to get our attention. This is the way he sometimes works, to shake us loose from our indifference and our sin. But sometimes the wind blows in a different way. It often comes as a gentle breeze. Have you ever sat on a porch 
and listen to the music of wind chimes as the wind blows gently on them, making music to your ears. Yes, there are those experiences we have in our lives in which we feel that God is about to blow us away with His mighty power. But God is so great that He is not limited to only one way of speaking to us. Sometimes God may speak to us through the loving voice of a father or mother when we're children. Sometimes it may be through the encouraging voice of a pastor or a Sunday school teacher. God may speak through one of His Christian servants who gives godly words of direction in a kind, loving way. Elijah and Elisha were different kinds of individuals, yet God used each of them in a marvelous way. Elijah, like the tempest and the earthquake. Elisha, like a still, small voice. Even the name Elisha seems to have a softer sound than Elijah. Interesting, isn't it? Yet God speaks to us in many different ways. We do well to listen when God speaks. The second and the last thing I would mention this morning about this story from God's Word about these men is this. God used, uses different people for His glory. Regardless of personality, temperament, or ability, God can still use those of us who are willing to give ourselves to Him. Have you ever felt somewhat jealous when you hear people sing so beautifully like those who have sung for us today? Why didn't God give me that ability to sing so beautifully, we may say? Well, you remember the parable Jesus told as recorded in Matthew 25, which says that a man going on a trip called his servants together, gave each of them different sums of money. In the King James, they call it talents. It's really sums of money. And the next phrase, according to their ability. If you can't do what some other people do, then have you ever thought that God does not expect you to do what somebody else might do? The old spiritual says so well, if you can't preach like Peter, if you can't pray like Paul, just tell the love of Jesus and say he died for all. Can you imagine Elisha complaining that he wasn't given the same gifts as Elijah, his mentor? And what about Elisha's death? 2 Kings 13, 14 simply says, Now Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness, whereof he died. That's Elisha. But Elijah was taken up to heaven in a whirlwind. One thing Elisha did that Elijah did not do was to work a miracle from the grave. Have you ever, you ever thought about that? Do you remember reading about that from the Bible? Many others in the Bible work great miracles. But as far as I know, Elisha is the only person who's recorded in Scripture as having worked a miracle from his grave. Just briefly, let me read that passage. 2 Kings 13, verses 20 and 21. Then Elisha died, and they buried him. Sometime later, raiding bands of Moabites, as they often did, invaded the country. One day, some men were burying a man and spotted the raiders. They threw the man into Elisha's tomb and got away. 
when the body reached Elisha's bones, the man came alive, stood up, and walked out on his own two feet. Wow. When we try to second guess God about how he does things, how he deals with us in our lives, this comes close to trying to play God. Oh, how much better it would be to let God be God. Then and then only can we know the peace of God that passes all understanding and the peace of God that can heal the sin-sick soul. Oh God, thank you for the peace that Jesus gives. Wonderful peace. Help us to have that peace in our hearts, our lives, this day. We pray in the name of Jesus, your Son. Amen.